Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Let's give our moms a hand. And uh, if you're here and uh, celebrating with us, we're so honored and, and humbled that you would choose us today, whether you're online or in person. And, and as the video shared, we know, uh, you know, there are those that this day represents some pain. And we're praying for you and some of the struggles with loss and those things. Now, as we get into this today, I thought it would be fun to look up some facts about Mother's Day. And so here's just a few for you as we get into this. The first is Mother's Day is always the second Sunday in May, but it's a different day each year. So if you're a male and you just found out, you're welcome. (laughs) Uh, It is today. Secondly, uh, according to 2021 uh, polls, the top picks for Mother's Day gifts, they're pretty simple. Uh, Card, flowers, and or an experience. And uh, so for us today, that's going to look like a beach walk for our family. And uh, what that looks like for you, I don't know. Third, uh, the average age for first-time mothers, this, over the last 20 years, it's gone up. It was in 2000, around 24 years old. Now it's around 27 years old as of 2020. So uh, having kids later in life is a thing right now. Fourth, Mother's Day is uh, a very popular day to go out. And I am so thankful that that was the decision my wife made today. She's like, I, I don't know if it was because of my cooking or, or what it might be, uh, but that, that's where we're headed as we're going out. And it's a very popular day. Even during the pandemic, nationwide, it was still a very popular day uh, to eat out or to get delivery. Uh, and then fifth and last, Mother's Day, uh, because it falls on a Sunday, this was interesting to look at. Uh, Christmas and Easter are always kind of the two biggest Sundays in America in the church. Uh, the third is Mother's Day. And so kind of neat, it fall, always falls on a Sunday. And if you're one of those people that you're here because you're honoring mom or, or whatever that may look like, uh, we want to just say, hey, we are so glad you're here. Can we welcome any guests that might be with us today? And uh, I believe God has something to to speak into our lives today through his word. And uh, we'll be looking at everyday matters. What does it mean that every day, whether we're a mother or not, that God wants to speak into and be present in our everyday? And so let me pray, and then we'll get into his word. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you for the moms, those that... Uh, are with us, those that maybe can't be with us, and Father, we recognize the grief for those that are uh, even remembering losses and pain today. We thank you that you are an ever-present God, and that you desire to be present with us. I just pray as we dig into your word that you would meet us, speak to us, that it would come alive, and that you would be heard. Thank you that your word goes forth to accomplish the purpose for which you're sending it. Be with us now, We thank you. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to begin by looking at this idea of what does camping reveal? And uh, the first verse I want to read is from John 1.14. And it says this, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And what this verse is getting at, it's the doctrine of the incarnation. It's this reality that Jesus was fully God, fully man, 
In that verse, it says that, that he dwelt among us. In the original language that that was written in Greek, it, it actually uh, could be translated, he pitched a tent. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I'm a glamper. Okay, some of you are going to like judge me and you know, you're going to be like, really, Pastor? Yeah, so I have a brother who's very uh, outdoors oriented, and, and when he pitches a tent, I'll join him. But if I have to pitch the tent, mine has a sign over the top that says Marriott or Holiday Inn, and, and, and that's kind of how I roll, okay? And, and so this idea of what camping reveals, um, you know, it does reveal in many ways because it gets us down to simplicity, right? It gets us, when you are out in nature, you get down to the simple things. It strips away a lot of the stuff that gets in the way. And, and in fact, when Jesus enters into our life and pitches a tent, there's this amazing reality of a God who loves us and wants relationship with us. If you're taking notes, I, I'm going to hit on a couple of things here with this. And, and the first is that Jesus enters into the everyday and is fully present. That's what this verse is getting at, is, is Jesus came and he continues to come through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and he's enters into our everyday, not just our Sunday morning experience, whether we're online or in person. He enters into the everyday and desires to be a part of that and to have relationship. That, that's a reality that invites us to be present and to be aware with him in life. So a big word that's used in, in, in uh, Christian circles in, in theology, sanctification. And, and basically what that word means is that God's that God is a God that sets us apart and grows us and moves us forward to be more like him. And you better believe that how we behave in a service is a part of that. But it has a lot to do with how we behave during the week. Okay? Let me read to you a quote about this idea of sanctification. This is actually uh, Brother Lawrence. And uh, he says this, Our sanctification does not depend on Changing our works, meaning what you're doing with your hands during the week, whatever your job or whatever you're doing in retirement. He says, but in doing that for God's sake, which we might commonly do for our own, it is a great delusion to think that times of prayer ought to differ from other times. Aren't you encouraged by the fact that God wants to show up in your everyday existence? That, that when you go to work, or you go to, and in fact, that quote is pulled from a book by Pro Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God. And what he talks about around that idea is the fact that for him, he, he was a monk that would spend extended times of prayer and fasting. And yet the time where he said he felt closest to the Lord was when he had dish duty in the kitchen at the monastery. Dish duty. God showing up in that. It's funny when you're preparing for a message how God will meet you in it. And yesterday, I, I had a lot of laundry to hang up in, my, in, my, in our room. And, and in that, I found myself fighting the everyday frustration. Anybody? But I also found myself inviting the Lord into that and saying, God, I... I know you can help me in this. You can meet me in this. This can become something that is actually a joy. God wants to show up in these everyday moments. 
Now, I, I need to keep moving here because there's more to this idea. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to Matthew 17. We have a historic and incredible moment in the Gospels where Jesus, it's known as the, the transfiguration. And, and as we look at this, it also reveals something about camping and uh, what it has to do with our everyday existence in life. Pick up in uh, verse 1. It says, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother. He led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. I'm going to pause there just for a second. You have a moment on the top of a mountain, Jesus with a couple of close friends. They're going through their everyday routine, but they're following Jesus. And, and in that moment, the Spirit of God, the presence of God shows up, but they see a, a vision or, or a physical reality of Elijah and Moses and Jesus is there with them. And, and you have in there a convergence of ideas and things that they would have probably recognized but not understood what was happening. You'll see that in a minute. You see, Elijah represented the prophets. He represented the, the reality that God is a God who has spoken into the world through the prophets in the Old Testament. Elijah was representing them, and then you have Moses who represented the law. That, that actually there was a law, and Moses is representing that, and here's Jesus in the middle of it. Amazing moment. Don't miss what's happening because the fulfillment of the law and the prophets is found in who? Jesus. Look what happens next. It says, And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So here you have a moment where, rightly so, in many ways, Peter's saying, man, it's good to be here. Like, I just want to hang out with Moses and Elijah and Jesus and the presence of God is here. Let's pitch a tent. Let's camp. Let's enjoy this. And yet the response from God the Father is, this is my son. Listen to him. Pay attention to him. It says, but Jesus, uh, I'm sorry, verse 6, when the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And can I just say that that would be my greatest hope for us, is that we as a people wouldn't see church or programs or all of the other trappings or things that we would learn to see Jesus in all of who he is. Amen? So it says, verse 9, And as they were coming down the mountain... Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, then why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? He answered, Elijah does come and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. Now, as we look at these verses, a few things to point out. Uh, mountaintop experiences are a moment, not the destination. 
And this is easy to get caught up in wanting a mountaintop moment, wanting a moment with God where we feel like we've arrived, we can pitch a tent, we can stay in this place with God. And, and that would be great, right? Whether it's an experience in a church service or maybe a retreat, maybe a quiet time you have with the Lord, uh, maybe a vacation where you just intentionally find time with God. Those mountaintop experiences matter, but we're not meant to stay there. And this is in many ways what the Father says to them is, see, see Jesus, listen to him, because you're going to come down off the mountain. You're going to go down off the mountain into everyday life. This is why it's so important to understand that from the mountaintop to the mundane, God's presence is with us. From the mountaintop to the mundane. So when you're a mom and you're just going, why more laundry? Why more dishes? Why? Maybe you're a career-oriented mom and you're like, why do I got to get up and figure out this every day? There is a God who says, I want to be present with you in it. And it's not just the mountaintop experiences. Here's what, if you think about this, if they would have pitched a tent, and they would have stayed in that moment. You see, you have Jesus who pitched a tent. You now have Peter asking, can we pitch a tent to be here in this moment and stay here? But didn't, he didn't know that coming off that mountain, Jesus would go to the cross. He would be resurrected. That the veil of the temple in, in his death would be torn in two. That actually scripture would then say that you and I, when we come to Jesus, become the temple of the living God that the Holy Spirit actually pitches a tent in us? Come on, church. That is incredible news. And if we would, he would have stayed on the mountain, they would have missed how God shows up in the everyday and wants to be with us. It changes everything when we begin to see that. Now, that verse where he says, listen to him. We also have to see and listen and surrender to Jesus and the Spirit's leading in order to experience his presence. And as we look at this, there's a seeing who he is, listening to what he's telling us. And that as we see him and as we obey him, that then leads to a life when you're surrendered that's filled with his Spirit and presence, and that makes your everyday matter more than it ever would. It brings meaning, it brings purpose, it, you, your life begins to make a difference in ways that it wouldn't otherwise. And that last word there, uh, see, listen, and surrender, uh, most of us, like, the word surrender is not a word that we like. It just isn't. It, it, it's in our flesh, not something that, that we necessarily want to embrace. But when we begin to see who God is, listen to what he has for our life, and surrender to it, we begin to experience more of the abundant life, even if everything around us stays in chaos and stays the same, in it we experience greater sense of his spirit and fruitfulness. As I mentioned earlier, I have a brother who, if you were here back in the month of March, I think it was, he joined me for a message. And he, he's a pastor. He has a strong, strong outdoors background. Uh, rock climbing, whitewater rafting, all of that, all over the country. Uh, he, he's in many ways the opposite of me in that sense. Uh, he doesn't glamp. like He like, does ice caves and 
You know, it, it's amazing that we grew up in the same home and how the two of us are so different in that way. Well, about 20 years ago, he took a, a trip, and, and I joined him on that trip. And in, in many ways, it wasn't because I enjoyed camping, but I enjoy my time with him, and I also trust him, and, and I trust what he's up to. So even though I don't like heights, if I'm harnessed in and he's belaying me and I'm going up, which I have done some rock climbing with him, and I'm going up, if I know he's down there and with me, I'm good. Can you see the correlation? Now, 20 years ago on this particular trip in the spring, we, were, we went to West Virginia and there's a, a river called the New Guinea that's uh, one of the top whitewater rafting rivers in the world, especially in the spring where the t- it's running high and you have a lot of class five rapids. He made a decision on this particular day because of bad weather to continue to climb rock. I made a decision to go with a different group and to go whitewater rafting to experience it. He wasn't with me. <laughs> we talked about this uh, about a month ago. We get out on the river, and we had a guide who wasn't real happy that day for, that he had to work. That was evident. And when we ended up inevitably capsizing, you know, flipping over in a class five rapid, this guy, who's an adrenaline junkie, comes up out of the water going, wow, yeah, and I swallow a bunch of water. Brilliant. Now, they tell you something when you get pulled in by the rapids, you're not supposed to fight it. You're supposed to just let go and surrender to it. You think I listened? No. Not only my adrenaline junkie, I'm hard-headed. So, so I go under with water in my lungs, and I'm fighting and fighting. I come up, I try to spit it out, I get sucked right back down. This happens three times. By the third time, I'm starting to realize I'm blacking out and losing consciousness. And so as I'm under the water, it's about 20 years ago, I literally had a moment with the Lord where I, I, I just said, okay, God, it's been a great ride. I love you. I'll see you soon. And I literally let go. I'm standing here today because in that moment, I can't explain what happened. But I suddenly shot up out of the water Right next to the raft, I was able to grab the guide rope, pull myself up with one arm, and vomit out all the water, and somehow survived. I have no idea how God did that, but what I do know is that'll preach. Because when you think about what happens, when we surrender to the Lord, He rescues us, He takes over. He does what we could not do on our own. He is an amazing God. And there are some of you right now that are fighting the everyday. You came in frustrated and down and discouraged. And God's saying, listen, I want to meet you in this moment. I want you to see me. I want you to listen to my strategy, my plan for your life. And I want you to just let go and let me be who I want to be in your life. You're here for a reason. And God, I believe, wants you to know your everyday matters deeply, and he wants to show up in it in new ways. Right now, I want to invite my wife, Cindy, up to join me. Can you give her a hand? Hey, hey. You picked your chair. She uh, and I have been married 
20 years now. We're in our 21st year of marriage. And uh, yeah, four children. And uh, yeah, ages 18, almost 16, nine, and almost nine. So we've got quite the range. Um, I just want to ask you right now in this moment, well, first, thank you. I love you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Got to win some brownie points, right? Uh, as you're listening to this, uh, as a wife, as a mother, as somebody who loves Jesus, what is, what is standing out to you? What, put some reality on this for a minute. The first thing that stands out is I'm way more comfortable up here on a Wednesday night. Um, that's the first thing, my first thought. Um, my second thought is I had heard that story before, but not in the way you just shared it. Um, so you need to share that with our children. Um, so uh, with that said, just looking at the whole context of the message you're sharing, um, I'm really looking at it from the context of how, am I, how do I see Christ in the mundane? Because I don't know about you, but I remember being in college, and I couldn't wait till I was done with college. Then I'm done with college, and I can't wait till I get married. I get married. I can't wait till we have children. We have children. And it just keeps going on and on and on. So how do we find that contentment in the mundane, no matter what season we're in? Because once we're there, we're there, and then it's no longer, you know, exciting. We're looking for that very next thing. And so as I'm just thinking about this question about finding the mundane, I just listed a few things. Um, the first thing is in my walks. I'm a walk girl. I love to take walks. And so for the gift for Mother's Day is my family asks, what do you want? I said, I don't want another elephant, although I love elephants. I don't need another candle, other, although I love those too, but let's just go for a walk. That's all I want is I just want time with you. Let's just go for a walk on the beach. Um, and so I find Jesus in the mundane as I'm walking with my girls after dinner. It's when, you know, one of the two, if I say their names, if we say their names, we owe them a milkshake. So one of my girls will say, Mom, do you have a minute? Like, I'm, I need to share some things that's, that I need to talk about. And so what I find is as we create this space and God has given me just a heart to walk is when those hidden things in their little hearts start to surface and I have time just to sit and hear their little hearts. The other time I hear and feel God near the mundane is in my mom van. And um, my kids, I Uber them around town. They're living their best life. And I love it because I get to hear conversations. I get to hear who their besties are. I get to hear how school went. I get to hear how church was. I get to hear about their friendships um, and always. And so that's a precious time. I find God in the mundane here at Pathway. You know how to love people. Um, I love how men check in on my husband. I love how you all check in on me in moments when I feel like a loser mom or an impatient wife, like your text that comes in like, hey, God really puts you on my heart. I don't know if you're okay, but just know that you're doing a great job. And I'm like, how do you know this? And I just think those little text messages matter, and those little check-ins are amazing. Another way I see God in the mundane is on the back porch, just like this, although these chairs are much more cozy. Um, but Brian and I, we make it a point every day, sometimes twice a day, to sit in two chairs and connect. And we see God in the mundane, because at times, you know, he may look at me like, well, she's short, or I'm like, well, he's short. We sit down, and I start to hear about all that he's carrying. And my perspective starts to change, and um, I'm able to walk with him in a way where I just listen more and lean in and not quote scripture, but just be in the moment with him. 
Um, I also see Christ in my responding versus reacting. There's a difference. I find that as I hang out with Jesus and not just like punch a time clock, okay, I put in my five minutes. As I, as I really seek his face and say, Lord, is there anything in me that offends you? Is there anything I need to repent? Is there any child I need to pull aside and ask forgiveness from? And it's hard because pride comes in many, many colors and um, and I could have a whole list of why I'm right, but the goal is to be restored and not right. And so it's in my responding versus reacting, which is really tied closely to gratitude versus grumbling. And so trusting in the one who knows all, who sees all, and helps all, and every single one of us here at our very time of need. Wow. <laughs> So many uh, things there, and, and I think the thing that as I'm listening that was standing out that I hope, um, when we look at this idea of who God is and, and how that plays out in our relationship with him and others, um, he desires to connect to our hearts. And, and I think when we begin to love him and love others, that's part of what then begins to take place is how do we connect to the hearts of those around us? And that is a spirit thing. That's something the Lord can do. But often we, we have pride. We have flesh that gets in the way. Some of you, online and in person, may have something you're carrying in your relationship with your children or with your parents. I just am sensing like God wants to break through that. That, that it really isn't about who was right or who was wrong. But how, how do we come to a place of loving one another, hearing hearts, and being restored? So, yeah. I see God wanted to pitch a tent in your life in a new way. He's been doing that with us, the two chairs, the time, the walks. Uh, quite honestly, I'm not a walker. <laughs> I don't like sitting in two chairs. But I've learned the power of it and what it does in our relationship, and it's a gift, something that is amazing. I, I want to take a minute, and, and Cindy's not leaving yet, because I want to lay out another piece with this, and, and then we'll talk about it again in kind of the same way. So if you'll turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. You know, when I say that they came off the mountain, that Jesus died, rose again, the Holy Spirit was given... The Spirit was given to each believer in Jesus Christ. And in the book of Galatians, there's this man, Paul, that's writing a letter to a church that has moved from the Spirit back into legalism, back into religion. And, and throughout the book, he's kind of calling them back to freedom. He's calling them back out of their flesh into the Spirit. And we'll pick up in Galatians 5, Verse 16, it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. I'm going to just pause here and ask you a question that has really changed my life over the last five or six years. Are you in the flesh? Or in the spirit? 
It was actually my brother that, that told me within their church that's a common question in Michigan that they'll ask themselves. Are you in the flesh right now or in the spirit? And, and that's a great question to ask. Now, if you ask it and you're both in the flesh, I'm just warning you, you're going to trigger each other. Trigger warning, right? You, you have to ask yourself the question first. Am I in the flesh or in the spirit? Now, notice what happens next, because Paul lays out some evidence of what it means to actually be in our flesh. He says, uh, verse 18 first, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, Fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now there's a couple words within what he just said that, that some of you are like, if you're like me, you look at a list like that and you go, oh, I'm not doing that. Right? And and what happens is we look for, I I was thinking about this this morning, that that in a list of all these issues that have to do with being in our flesh, we often will look for the ones we're not doing or the most extreme to try to justify that we're okay. When in reality, there may be some other things. Did you catch jealousy, dissension, envy? Some basic things that often in our daily living, our every day, even in the culture we live in, affect us. He's saying all of these are evidence of being in the flesh. Now notice what's next. This is the good news because you're like, whoa, pastor, it's Mother's Day. Yeah, I'm trying to set us free because I'm telling you life in the spirit every day is what we were designed for. And it is a completely different reality. Listen to what he says. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, verse 25, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So if we're looking at this reality of God's presence every day, there's three things I see here that I think are the good news of, of, of what's available, right? The first is a life of victory in the Spirit. That actually, if you're taking notes, <clears throat> God's presence every day, being in the Spirit, allows us a life of victory over our flesh, over those things that we might fall into. Secondly, it's a life of fruitfulness in the Spirit. I mean, how many of you would just, and and don't elbow the person next to you or give them a side eye, but wouldn't it be nice to live in an environment where the definition of it is love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, gentleness, self-control? The answer is yes. (laughs) It, It would be amazing. So there's this life of victory and a life of fruitfulness available in the Spirit. And then thirdly, a life without earthly comparison in the Spirit. 
And that's incredibly important because we live in an age of comparison. You know, oftentimes why we feel down as dads or moms, husbands and wives, is because we're watching social media and we're comparing. And, and we're thinking that we're falling short because somebody else did it differently or maybe did it better in a moment. Do you know that social media is our best representation of ourselves? It's not usually the everyday. That, that in the everyday, there's actually a life with no earthly comparison. That's what Paul's getting at here is there's something so much better and available. So... <laughs> Let me bring it back to you as you think about this, because you and I, you and I this weekend have had a couple funny moments. In fact, I think it was yesterday. She looked at me and goes, "Are you in the flesh or the spirit right now?" And I had to admit it was a little of both. It was a little of both, and it was a good moment. But thoughts on this idea of flesh versus spirit, the fruitfulness. What? How does this enter into the everyday? This one's deep, right? So on the way to church this morning, I stayed in the spirit, but I had all red lights except for one. Person pulled out in front of me. I'm looking myself in the mirror as I'm parking and realize I had one earring in. So I, I'm like, do I just own it and keep one in or do I take it out? I took it out. But I was like, wow, it's so easy. You go from loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength being a great person to like rage woman, you know? And it's like, what is this, you know? What is going on right now? Well, I think if we think about it, if it was that easy to stay in the spirit at all times, I think we could be full of self. And God calls us to be selfless, not selfful. And so as I'm thinking about that, it doesn't give us a reason to be in the, in the flesh, but um, you can kind of see how the two wavers so much back and forth. Um, and so for me, I feel it's tied for me personally 100% to my time with Jesus. When I have times with the Lord, I asked my daughter this morning, I said, Han, oop, uh, I said, man, uh, yeah, one milkshake, here we go. I said, no judgment here, um, I, said, I said this to one of my children, um, and I totally forgot because I'm thinking about the milkshake. Oh, man. Yeah, everyone's feeling Anyway, it's I was so asking her. Oh, I asked her or him. I said, can you tell when mom spends time in the word? Like, can you tell? And this child of mine says, I can. Because I can. I can tell because I respond versus react. I have more patience. I see things from an eternal impact perspective versus why is this kitchen trashed again? Oh, because my kid wants to make eggs because she's proud of herself and wants to bless her family with eggs versus thinking about the cleanup work, right? And so for me, it's tied 100% to my time with Jesus. And so a question that helps me stay in the spirit is this. I heard this at a conference a long time ago, is will this matter in five years? Seriously, will this matter in five years? If it's a moral thing, you're going to have to deal with that. But if it's just a trash kitchen, whoop-de-doo. I don't know if I can say that word, but I just did. Whoop-de-doo. You know, if it's a trash, whatever. Just let it go. Let go, let God. And enter in and enjoy. I want to share two personal stories with me, or about me. Am I over? No. You, it's Yay. your day. Yay. Woo. 
Um, we're going to set camp here, and we're going to have to go. We're going to Grubhub the meals all right here. Just kidding. Um, so the two stories I want to share is this. One of these stories took place about 12 years ago with two of my children, two of my four children. I'm not going to name which ones, but over a decade ago, you can do the math. Um, but I remember um, I was in sick bed with the flu, really bad, not feeling good at all. And there was one moment I mustered up enough strength to go downstairs to check on things because there's something about I like an orderly home, even when I'm sick. Anyone? And I go downstairs because I'm hearing a little bit of ru- just stuff and noise and pots and pans and giggles and a lot of action in the kitchen. Well, Brian, in this moment in time, had to go. We lived next to the church um, in Michigan, not next door, but within a few minutes. So I went downstairs sick and to check in on things. And in the kitchen, I found two of my blessed children. And the kitchen is completely trashed. And what consumed me is I noticed a glass bottle of almond oil on the counter. Well, this glass bottle was one of the bougie, expensive bottles that I was in a moment, and I went over budget, and I bought this bottle, and it was so awesome because I was in a moment of making really pure things with it, crafts and things like this, and trying different foods. And they were using this almond oil, like pouring into bowl, like mixing with sprinkles and sugar, and I was so, I was like rage monster on the inside. And I heard God say to me, Cindy, go upstairs. Just go upstairs. And thankful at this time, I had heard the quote, will this matter in five years? And instantly I knew, no, it was not going to matter in five years. And so I went upstairs. And here's the thing. When you remove yourself from that moment where you could be a roar parent or person, um, I was in bed and I asked, I was like, why does this bother me so much? And he's like, well, Cindy, here's what's going on. They saw you use this almond oil for a birthday party the week before at one of your children's birthdays, and they were just mimicking what they saw. They saw you um, in the kitchen creating, and that's what they're doing. So I was so thankful that this time I responded in the spirit, and I didn't say a word. Well, that night, my children, Brian gets home. They call me downstairs. So I sat on the couch, and uh, my two children, they were um, ages like five and eight years old, I sit on the couch, and they come in like with little aprons on. They tell me to sit down on the couch. They made sick mama a foot scrub, especially just for me. And can you imagine had I responded? And here's what I want to say. Some of you have responded. I know I have in moments. It's okay. Just ask God, you know, repent. If it's fresh, go talk to your child. But I remember being so thankful. Another story, and I'll make this one quick, and this is more recent. I was really struggling with one of my kiddos. I won't say which one. Kiddos don't think they're young. It could be big kiddos. But one of my kids, I was struggling, and God put a sister in this room, um, my, me on their heart, and they reached out to me and said, I'm just checking in. How's it going? And I said, I'm just caring a lot. I just, with this one child, and... Um, blah, 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 because I give information. You're going to know who. And she just said, Cindy, here's what I learned recently. You just need to go sit in the mulch with your child. Don't have expectations. Don't have this. Don't have this. Just, just go and sit and play in the mulch. And that was just so profound to me. And so for you here sitting here this morning, I want to encourage you to just go sit in the mulch, and yes, you will get dirty. 
but it'll be worth it. And so um, I see oftentimes we compare, like Brian was sharing the comparison thing, was we compare someone's highlights to our first step of obedience, right? To someone's bestseller, our first sentence that we've written as a writer. We compare to someone's bestseller. And so we can be so consumed with meeting this deadline and this and this and this and then seeking, going, 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 rushing past this very thing here and now. And as Pastor Nate talked about a while ago, laying down the FOMO, the fear of missing out, to not miss it. So this moment right here, right now, all these minuscule mundane moments actually lead you to your journey for those mountaintop family moments. And so don't miss it. And then I'm going to close with, practically speaking, what does this look like? And you're going to laugh at this, but maybe you all need to have a stay in the spirit family meeting today or tomorrow, or this week, or with yourself. Maybe you're single in this room. Maybe you need to have a come to Jesus like, Lord, I have all these goals and expectations of myself. Maybe he might say, I never authored those for you. The blueprint I have for your life is so much more beautiful than you can even taste, see, or imagine. Like maybe, right? And then the other thing is maybe you just need to repent, right? Maybe you're just, you need to pull a child aside or a a parent aside and say, hey, I'm sorry when I said that to you. It's because I really just love you and I just miss you. And I want to connect because we, we can use flavorful language to really hide the deep hidden things. So when I go see a parent of mine and travel across the world to go see my parent and I can't connect, I'll have an honest conversation and say, you know, I just want to be with you. I don't care where we eat. I just want to be with you. And so for some of us, I know when our kids were young, I have two more points. Brian and I would have a code word. When either of us as young parents were getting out of the spirit, we'd have a code word. I I wish I remembered what they were. I I feel like it was with me less of a code word and more of the eyes, the look. The look, and I had a code word. Anybody else have a look? Yeah, and so... Like she'd just look at me, and I would know, oh, I'm about to screw Yeah, up. and so we had this understanding, instead of me, you know, saying this in front of the children, or he, he would say, unicorn, and I knew, okay, I need to walk away. But if we're honest, we all feel the fireworks going on the inside of us, of those fleshly moments before they explode outwardly. And so pay attention to those. Um, the last thing that you can do to stay in the spirit is walk away. Be silent. And know... That God is who he is and he can handle it. Um, But yeah, thanks for having me this morning. I think I'm done. Yeah. All right. Well, a couple questions to close and then we're going to respond together as a a family as we often do. Uh, The two questions, next steps that I really want to ask. First is, are you too focused on the mountaintop and missing the moment? Think that through. Only you can be honest with, with that and where you're at. Secondly, are you in the flesh or in the spirit as we've been talking about? And how could being in the spirit make every day matter even more? I really believe that this will lead to some breakthroughs and to blessing. And then, of course, for those of you needing and ready to take next steps here at the church, if you go to pathwayvb.com slash next steps, we want to be there and available uh, to help you. We've outlined some things that we think can do that. Uh, we really know that it's conversations like this and with each other that, that lead to breakthrough. And so I want to encourage you, yes, listen to the Lord and respond, but don't, don't hold that in either. 
Share that with some people that love you and care about you uh, so that you can continue to move forward in the things that God has. Amen? Uh, If you'll stand, uh, I want to just lead us in prayer, and then we're going to respond with an opportunity um, to just sing and worship together. And as we do that, if you have any prayer needs, maybe you're realizing that um, you are in in the, the flesh in a way that, that God wants to touch and transform today. Maybe for you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've just been around. Like for you, you come into church and it's a mountaintop, but you're realizing like Jesus wants to actually enter into your life and enter into the everyday. You know, if that's you today, please, whether you're online or in person, you know, raise your hand, step forward, talk to somebody. We've got prayer partners that would love to pray with you during this time. This can be not just a Mother's Day that you'll never forget, but a moment that radically changes the trajectory of your life. So Father, we come to you right now. We thank you for what you are doing among us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the ability to be real and to be open. And to know that, Jesus, you love us and care about us. That you have things every day that you want to show up in and show us your plan. So right now, Lord, we just pray that as we look to you and as we respond through singing and prayer, that, Holy Spirit, you'll be present. And that you'll continue to build and grow our faith. We thank you in Jesus' name.